My name is Fred Ramey, truck driver. I live in Maricopa, Arizona, outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And I am voting for Andrew Yang because he rode in my truck, talked to me, uh, and he's talking about AI, which is artificial, artificial intelligence, taking everybody's jobs. He's giving people the universal basic income. But more importantly, he's just very, very solution-oriented. And he's not using the normal tactics of pinning people groups against each other, blaming candidates, uh, blaming different groups of people, corporations, things like that. He's just very, very, very logical. And I really like his platform. And he's very, very, very trustworthy. Thank you very much. Welcome to Mindwave. I'm Jenner. I'm Josh. And just a couple things to cover before we get into today's show. We are aware of the audio issues. It is something that we are really working on, working with the technology, uh, with interviewing people remotely. is uh, tricky to get audio levels in line to where they need to be, but we're looking at equipment to hopefully make that a little bit easier yeah, uh, we're uh, our teleconference communications options are kind of slim right now. So, yeah. but it's uh, it's going to be alleviated very soon. We would like to help. Uh, if you'd like to help us with that, this is a a good time to pitch our Patreon program. It's a dollar. It's a dollar. It's a dollar a month. So for a dollar a month, you'll get access to uh, our after show content and other bonus stuff that we do, and you'll be supporting the show and helping it make it happen and it's uh y- you get it quite a bit for it but the money goes to desperately needed <laughs> equipment and uh, just getting everything out there on the right platforms and building a, a nice website and and making this as professional as possible so uh we will move on from that good segue we want to give a big shout out and thanks to our friends over at the moving forward podcast they're uh covering the same topic but they're coming at it from a very different angle they're going policy by policy and it's a progressive and a conservative hashing it out in real time and they say it disagreeing productively uh was in kind of like the the description but i don't i don't see them disagreeing a whole lot uh they they pretty much find common ground on everything so Corey yeah. and Rio, great guys. Yeah, Corey and Rio are fantastic uh i've listened to a couple of their shows and they uh you know, they've really like they've dug deep. Um, and if you're wondering what this is all about, because I don't think it was mentioned just yet, we're talking about Andrew Yang and his 2020 campaign for president of the United States. Um, so they are, you know, on opposite sides of the spectrum talking about this. And it's really cool to kind of see like the common ground that they find, because, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's really just eliminating all the divisiveness between, you know, left and right, red and blue, all this bullshit that we constantly deal with yeah. and it's it's refreshing and it's really kind of gives me hope for our future with 
Andrew Yang. So uh, more to come on that. Yeah. Um, they they go through every single one of his policies, or I, that's the goal. It's I mean, depth, there's 110 or something right now. Yeah, so there's like 108 they've, they've policies. They've done a bunch of them so far, and they've got some cool interviews and stuff. Um, anyway, go check out the Moving Forward podcast. I will put links uh, in the description, and they have an awesome Facebook group as well that you might want to check out. Coming to some exciting news, we have some stats, ooh, uh, which were very exciting. We're not, uh, we've never done this before, so it's exciting we didn't know, for us. We didn't know what to uh, expect. Our downloads are up by twenty thousand four hundred percent. Yes, we <laughs> that's are a silly currently figure. sitting at two hundred because we had zero <laughs> for what we've got currently is at two hundred and six. Yeah, so that's um, that's. Uh, downloads might not necessarily reflect um actual unique listeners but it's 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 uh, really cool to see exactly where all these are coming from because uh jenner's got a map yeah he's got a map for us here and we've got some stats to deliver yeah and some shout outs to give because uh it's cool that we're we're already reaching across the planet i think that's really special so to our 163 listeners in the United States, thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, Ten of you in the UK. Hello there. Across the pond. Love you guys. Sorry about Brexit. <laughs> I, I want to say it's, it's not okay. our fault. <laughs> uh, Ten listeners in the frosty north there up in Canada. Love those guys. Four listeners in uh, Sweden. Hey, Probably thanks to uh, Marty. So appreciate you, Marty. Yes, we uh, do. Thank you, Marty. <laughs> three listeners in Chile, which is interesting. Hello, yeah. friends in Chile. Uh, let us know right into the show. Come on to our uh, onto our page and let us know uh, how you found out about us. We'd love to hear your story. And uh, we have other ways for you to connect with us as well. And we're going to leave those uh, throughout the show. But uh, we want to hear from you. How'd you find out about us? Uh, moving down the list, we have two in Australia. Fuck yes. We love our Australian we audience. Hello. are like uh, one of the first goals. Like we have yes. to hit Australia. Yes. That was like a huge thing for us. It's like target numero uno. <laughs> so we're glad to have those of you that the... are unclear, people in yeah. Australia love their podcasts. <laughs> Apparently, man. Yeah, apparently, and like we they're... love them. They're they're cool people, yeah. and they always got cool stories. So, <laughs> to our Australia peeps, please also reach out. We want to hear yeah. from you. Yeah, for uh, sure. Who's uh, next on our moving, list? Here? Moving down the list, we have two in Denmark. Oh, random and cool. Uh, one in the Netherlands. Hello there to the Netherlands. One in Serbia. Hello, Serbian friend. One in Romania. Hello, Ooh. Romanian friend. Hello. Romanian friends. Hello, Hello. Our, our single friends in Poland, France, Mexico, Italy, India, Colombia, Switzerland, and South Africa, which is another one I'm super stoked about. I love South yes. Africa. So uh, if if we have somebody on the ground down there, that's uh, that is really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on gonna bore you with statistics uh i should take a quick uh moment to shout out to my dad today's june 29th it's his birthday so uh love you dad yeah <laughs> thank you for Happy uh, birthday uh, to always uh, dad. supporting me and and really being the person that that ultimately made this 
project happen. So love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Today's Woo-hoo. episode, official opening. Our episode dun, today dun, dun. is uh, called Humanity First. Yes. And we have interviews with Fred Ramey and returning guest Phil Ord from the Meltdown episode. And we are going to be talking about the campaign of Andrew Yang. He's running for president in 2020. We took his Humanity First slogan to heart when we made this episode because there are plenty of people covering the policies. We wanted to cover the people. So that's what it's all about, right? It's all about humanity. So... That's the story, uh, stories we're trying to tell today. And um, just briefly, I'm going to go through two of Andrew's policies. I'm going to read them straight off his website, yang2020.com. I'm going to talk about or just give the description of the two policies out of his big three that uh, I think are the most important and the most transformative. The first one is the Freedom Dividend. You've probably heard uh, to this being referred to as Universal Basic Income or UBI. Um, it sounds like a radical idea uh, when you listen to his case, Andrew's case, for why we need it. Uh, it's, it's really profound. Um, so reading straight off of the policy page. Andrew would implement a Universal Basic Income, the Freedom Dividend of $1,000 a month, That's $12,000 a year for every American adult over the age of 18. This is independent of one's work status or other factor. Any other factor, sorry. This would enable all Americans to pay their bills, educate themselves, start businesses, be more creative, stay healthy, relocate for work, spend time with their children, take care of loved ones, and have a real stake in the future. Any change to the Freedom Dividend would require a constitutional amendment. It would be illegal to lend or borrow against one's dividend. A universal basic income at this level would permanently grow the economy by 12.56 to 13.10% or about $2.5 trillion by 2025. And it would increase the labor force by 4.5 to 4.7 million people. Putting money into people's hands and keeping it there would be a perpetual boost and support to job growth and the economy Uh, and he goes very very deep into this you can learn more about it on his site yang2020.com or of course uh, our friends over at moving forward the other policy i want to mention because i think it's the most important one really is human-centered capitalism and uh, i'll read through this real quick on again on his webpage. Capitalism as an economic system has led to unparalleled innovation and improvement in the human condition. Many consider it to have won, in quotes, the war of ideas against socialism. But that simplistic view ignores that there is no such thing as a pure capitalist system. And our current version of institutional capitalism and corporatism is a relatively recent development. Our current emphasis on corporate profits isn't working for the vast majority of Americans. This will only be made worse by the development of automation technology and artificial intelligence. We need to move to a new form of capitalism, human capitalism, that's geared towards maximizing human well-being and fulfillment. The central tenets of human capitalism are, one, humans are more important than money. 
Two, the unit of a human capitalism economy is each person, not each dollar. Three, markets exist to serve our common goals and values. The focus of our economy should be to maximize human welfare. Sometimes this aligns with a purely capitalist approach, where different entities compete for the best ideas, but there are plenty of times when a capitalist system leads to suboptimal outcomes. Think of an airline refusing to honor your ticket because they can get more from a customer who purchases last minute. Or a pharmaceutical company charging extortionate rates for a life-saving drug because the customers are desperate. I mean, I think, it, I think that speaks for itself. Um, and again, you can get very deep into these policies on his website. Um, my big takeaway for human-centered capitalism is that it's about redefining GDP is a horrible measurement, and we go into this in the interviews and stuff. It's a horrible human uh, measurement for human well-being, and we need to be measuring our success different as a country. So, I agree. Yeah, that's where I am going to toss it to Josh and Ooh. get his thoughts on Andrew Yang, the candidacy. The campaign just, uh, yeah. So I'll start by saying that I would not have even known about Andrew Yang had it been for Jenner. He introduced me um, to him, gosh, I would say a couple months ago. And I just was instantly like, it just clicked. It worked for me. Um, everything made sense. Like, He's got answers like for all the questions that we have. He has actual realistic answers and he has solutions to bring us to a point where we can actually solve the problems that are plaguing this nation. And, right. you know, he's got detailed policies like he had mentioned earlier. There's over 100 policies listed on his website and yeah. and they're extremely comprehensive. Very comprehensive. They're so detailed, and he is the only one. I mean, just to just to put it into perspective, um, Pete, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Pete Buttigieg, I think. Close, close is, enough. Yeah, whatever. Close enough. Buttigieg. He's gonna drop out anyway soon. I don't care. I Here don't know. I don't know. Mm, mm, I don't know. I feel yeah, like I he's think gonna he did be, pretty well. He did all right. He did I think all right. He did pretty well. He did all right. I just um, I like him. Marianne Williamson needs to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> she needs to go. Um, uh, anyway, back on topic. Uh, <laughs> like, for example, Pete, Mayor Pete has, um, I'll just call him Mayor Pete. That's a lot easier. Yeah, Mayor Pete has got, like, zero policies listed on his website. Like, any any solutions. He's got a lot of ideas. He's got a lot of, yeah. you know, stances on things. But he doesn't really have any actual this is how we're going to go about doing these things that I want to do. We're just going yeah. to talk about I think it, but there's no... I think he might have updated. I think he might have a few up. I since, hope so. Since the, I um, hope so. Since the does debates. he have over 100? Uh, he does not, but well, the point of this episode go. is not to disparage the other candidates because, I mean, they're all they're all great. They're all doing I mean, the best they're they all can. Great. I don't they're want to turn and... it into a shit-flinging fest because that is honestly something I wanted to get into You know, when we talk about the the recent democratic debate that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah. <sighs> it, it's a little, it's a little disheartening, but in the same token, he handled it very, very well. Yeah. He did no, not so devolve right. into a, I mean, you know, I, I kind of figured it was going to be a shit show, but it's, yeah, it was very, very, the other candidates. Just like, I, I think that was really 
all on the moderators. No, I, th- I think it, it was all you on know, MSNBC we, and the moderators. They did not handle it very well. It got out of control more than yeah. a few times, and they just did not. We'll, they we'll did not show the best develops, sides of these candidates, you know. and the candidates themselves did not show the best sides of themselves. And Andrew Yang, despite not having a lot of time to speak, I believe it was two minutes and 58 seconds total throughout the entire event. Yeah. Um, he kept his he kept his cool and he made his argument in the very end and it was very you know it it could have gone better but i'm not disappointed entirely but anyway people could see people could see that people could see it wasn't really a fair fight so to speak and he got a huge twitter surge and a huge oh uh, yeah no he was trending he was trending super fast on twitter Uh, he was like no Um, on twitter for but let him speak going but, going yeah. back to what i was saying before um you know I, if it wasn't for jenner i wouldn't have even heard about andrew yang and i have only gotten interested in politics as much as i have since the election in 2016 which i think i've talked about a little bit before here and there but uh like just to go into a little bit more detail it's it was very disheartening it was very scary seeing donald trump get elected i know we weren't going to talk about him but i it needs to be said it woke me up and I got really, really interested in finding out what the problems were in this country. And I didn't really know where to start. And when Jenner introduced me to Andrew Yang and his policies, it just clicked. Everything just clicked in my mind and it made sense. And I was like, okay, this is the direction that we need to go in order to save our country. And, you know, people are going to market this as socialism. People are going to, you know, consider it a handout they're just they're going to say what they're going to say but the facts speak for themselves doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up and honestly when all you're getting is empty empty throwbacks in as rebuttals to the things that he's saying i mean everything that he says can be backed with data and that is one of the huge huge points for me that really made me choose to endorse Andrew over any Mm -hmm. other candidate because everything that he says, everything that he has proposed can be backed with solid data. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go more into that, into the interviews. Uh, Jenner conducted both of our interviews for this, uh, for this episode today. And they're very, very uh, interesting talking points uh, for both Mm -hmm. of our guests. And um, yeah, no, I just, where I stand right now to answer your question, where I stand is I am a proud member of the Yang Gang, and I am endorsing him for president in 2020. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this train till the end of the tracks. Yep. Like that's that's where I am. Yang yeah. or bust. <laughs> we got to do whatever we can to get this guy. Yang in or office. bust. That's that's our stance right now. And yeah. I. So I guess that's an official endorsement from Mindwave because. Yeah. Josh no, Mary. I will officially endorse. I'm cool with that. <laughs> not that not that it means anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it does. It's, it, we love all our, our all our Democratic candidates. They're uh, trying. To, Everybody's to putting degrees, in a really but, really fair uh, fight. A very yeah. A this very guy's our favorite. Sorry, <laughs> but Andrew Andrew takes the cake for us. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. I mean, it's we they, we love some of the policies. Don't get me wrong. They I would all have, to have say good ideas. Elizabeth okay. Warren and Bernie Andrews Sanders. I will always love you, but yeah. I. You know, it's, you know, that's my super, super liberal side coming out. And, you know, that's part of the thing. Something else that I really wanted to bring to point about Andrew Yang is the fact that he is turning conservatives 
Yeah, I was just he gonna is turning say, conservatives. I don't know if you saw the tweet from Ben Shapiro, but he outright said, "I don't uh, know about yeah. you guys, but I'm rooting for Andrew Yang." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, that's fuck, a turnoff to go. a lot of people on the left, apparently." Yeah, I, I mean, it's a turnoff. I think it's, but I think it's fantastic. If you can't beat them, join them. I mean, why are we being divisive? Why not, are we turning people that. away? It's just like, like listen, listen to who has the right ideas. I mean, I don't like Ben in, Shapiro, but if he's gonna endorse Yang, Tucker fucking Carlson, not quite an endorsement, but he went on Tucker Carlson, and you just see Tucker's jaw hit the floor it's just like oh yeah absolutely. and he's like oh, i totally agree with you <laughs> and like how often does that happen it's uh, you're seeing the same reaction that i had across a lot of people when you when you first introduce yang to them and talk about his policies they're just you can see the gears start turning you can yeah. see the thinking starting and they're just like oh fuck this makes sense it doesn't like, matter where they are on the political spectrum and you whether know you're what? far conservative it, it, or you're super liberal it doesn't matter like it these just policies makes, just make sense they just make sense so yeah of course you're gonna find there are like people on the far 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 right so also you find know, them that's another thing yeah it's, it's like, like you know, he it's doesn't left, want it's their not support right, it's yeah, forward exactly. that is his thing is it's not it's not on either side of the debate it's just forward we need to take the country forward move exactly forward, we as, are uh, you know it's the 21st century <laughs> we need to update we need to modernize we need to you know seriously look at the climate and look at our economy and fix things because yeah. it's not good i think i think the technology part of it is really important too because how many people in congress do you think even know how to use facebook okay they're not they're not thinking about things like artificial intelligence and robotics <laughs> shit you know like, this blatant they don't know any, i mean we've got you, you know, know all these all I mean, these platforms on. collecting our data and you know training ai essentially and it's coming sooner than we think mm-hmm. you know it's going to take jobs it's going to put people out of work and you know, part of what Andrew Yang says in his policies and stuff is, you know, with UBI and everything, it postpones that. It helps us get to a place where we can get better at what we're doing and we figure out what the hell what it is that we're doing when automation takes over, when the machines take jobs, when the artificial intelligence takes jobs. You know, there's people, mm-hmm. you know, like my mom answers phones for a living and She's going to be one of those people that loses her job in, yep. you know, a few years. And it's very scary to think about. You know, there's people mm-hmm. at call centers that, you know, there's going to be thousands upon thousands of call center workers laid off because they're going to get replaced by a machine. It's already happening and it's been yep. happening for 20 years. So, you know, we look at Walmart, like our local Walmart in, you know, my hometown just updated and they now have more self checkouts and less actual check stand lanes with a cashier at them. Mm-hmm. And you can see that it's, it's making people lose jobs. They now have even less cashiers than they had before because there's machines. They've got less people working in the store because they're doing grocery pickup. Mm-hmm. It's they're automating. Everything. They're thinning the herd and automating everything. I mean, there was an article I just read about McDonald's working on, a machine to essentially take over their grill people's position mm-hmm. and work in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And they've already got the kiosks in the lobby where you can place your order and you don't even have to see the cashier if you don't want to. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like we're already there and like people are seeing it happen right before their eyes. And I think that's a huge yeah. factor in his campaign. That's really, nobody's really talking him. about it. Nobody's like, and they talking need about to. what's going to happen when all it. these people lose their job and the, it, the economy makes them irrelevant. Percent. 65% of our economy, like it's just, 
you know, between truck drivers, between, um, you know, fast food employees, you know, service workers, you know, typically like all these median entry level jobs that, you know, people always shit on. It's like, we have got, we have got people here that are all going to lose their jobs. Yeah. Several of my we friends, all know several somebody, of our people, you know, everybody, we all know somebody who's going to lose. Everybody knows somebody that is going to lose their job in the next to 10 machine. to 15 years. Yeah. That's just and the that is the point it. that we need to drive home. And it's like, it's not scare tactics. It's we need to acknowledge this. And mm-hmm. Andrew Yang is the only person, the only person that has the know-how to fix this. The only person can even, who has the policy positions in place to even do something about this. He's the only one who seems to see it coming. And this, yeah. is, a, this is a good uh, point in the show before we go into our interviews to plug his book, the war on normal people. Yes. You need, I will put links to this in the show notes. You need to hear it from the man himself. He reads if his you own get audio it on book. audible. You can actually, he reads it himself. Yeah. So you can hear him read his book in his own voice. And it's actually, um, I bought a copy and I'm not even working right now. Like that is, that is how much I am committed because I'm just I'm tearing through it right now. It's such mm-hmm. such a good book and it explains everything that we need to know about the economy and the changes that are coming. Yeah. And it's it's grim. It's kind of scary and it's a and little emotional scary, and but then, everything in but there you come is out backed it, by yeah. data. You come like out I of said, it everything knowing is backed that by data. We we can change course. You know, that's the hopeful and <laughs> spoiler alert, that's the hopeful message at the end of the book that we can change course and, and make the economy that we're building work for us. Um, but because yeah. it's not working for us, it's working for the companies. No, we need it not. to work for the people first. Exactly. Our government needs to start working for the people and our mm-hmm. businesses need to start working for the people because the middle and low class are suffering. And it's, you know, I, I get Bernie's stance on this. It's awesome. Like I get it. The 1% are taking all, but it's, you know, it's so much more than that. It's so much deeper. Mm-hmm. But, um, with that, we will move on. Um, I'm going to pass it to you, Jenner. Uh, I guess we're going to go straight into uh, an interview here. So there will be, uh, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to Mindwave. On the line today, I have Fred Ramey. Fred, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going today, folks? Awesome. Uh, so a lot of people are already going to be familiar with you from your famous ride-along with Andrew Yang. Maybe you could give us just a couple minutes of your background and uh, how you're coming into this campaign, and uh, then we can move into what you think of Andrew as a candidate and, uh, more importantly, as a person. Uh, well, my name is Fred Ramey again, and I am a trucker, and I've been a trucker for about a year and a half. I also am a recovering addict and an ex-con, so that's one of the things we talked about. I got in touch with Andrew and his team through a friend of mine, a mutual friend. Uh, his name is Red Viking Trucker. Shout out to Red Viking Trucker, by the way. If you do want to listen to that interview that got me and Andrew connected, uh, just just go with uh, Red Viking Trucker Andrew Yang on YouTube. And then also for the interview, it's about a, um, 
that interview is, is maybe 40, 45 minutes. Um, but Andrew uh, wanted to do a ride along with a couple different truckers. So that's one of the things that uh, Red Viking Trucker, he's a personal friend of mine. Uh, we connected and he, he was like, hey, um, would you like to do a ride along with Andrew Yang? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and quite honest, quite honestly, my initial impression, I really wasn't even listening to the Red Viking Trucker interview because I was driving. I wasn't listening all that intently, quite honestly. But one of the things that struck me is somebody said somebody said something in the, in the comments, and then Red Viking went to ask him a question, and he was like, well, no, 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 it's, it's not left or right, it's forward, right? And then right then, I was just able to, like, hear him. And Because I'm so used to politicians, everybody, the news media or uh, other politicians as well, trying to push them in different directions, keep them on brand with whatever party they're on, or it's just a lot of partisanship that goes on. And Andrew Yang strikes me as somebody who's just very, very solution oriented. And he just doesn't do all the, the arguing. He doesn't do any of the drama. He's just like, Hey, this, this is the reason Donald Trump got elected. And I'm here to solve the problems of America that we are going into the next century with. And it's just pure solutions to me. Yeah, he's definitely not playing the uh, politics as usual game, and that, that's appealing universally to everybody. That, that's a, the big difference that I'm seeing is that everybody's playing to their party, they're playing to their base. Maybe they're trying to get some swing voters, but nobody's nobody's talking to everyone at once. So that's uh, a big yeah. And edge. the biggest thing that I really I, I really liked about him is he's such a good listener. Like when you're around Andrew Yang, he makes you feel like he's so focused in on you and what you're saying. It's like he makes you feel like you're the only one in the room and you're the only one that matters right now and gives you this feeling of importance. Mm -hmm. And that is huge. And I think the American public is going to see that. And one of the things I told Andrew Yang, and uh, I'll tell you guys this, I used to be a sales guy, and I used to, I used to train sales guys. I used to tell my sales guys, hey, there are two types of salesmen, two types of guys in your phone, for that matter. There's guys you call up at 8 or 10 o'clock at night, hey, let's go rip up the town, or call up on the weekend, hey, let's go to a football game. And then there's another type of guy, a type of guy you call up and say, hey, can you pick me up at my house in the morning at 4.30 a.m.? I can't miss my flight. So there's guys that you like, and then there's guys that you trust. Now, fortunately for Andrew Yang supporters, he's a guy we like, and he's a guy we can trust. Like, he's the type of guy you'd allow to babysit your five-year-old son. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Now, I like Donald Trump. Now, I know I'm I'm probably uh, probably a you know an outlier on that, or I'm probably one of the few people that love Andrew Yang that that uh, that likes Donald Trump, and I understand that. My love for Andrew Yang does not come at the expense or because of the the fact that I hate Donald Trump. I like Donald Trump. However, Andrew Yang is just a better candidate, and he's a oh, he's a better person. Like I trust Andrew Yang. I like Donald Trump's cool guy. I'd like to go to a football game with him, but I don't trust. Donald Trump. And I don't, I'm not waiting for Donald Trump to do the right thing. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I know Donald Trump, he just wants to get the job done. Right. Unfortunately, his way of doing things is not what we need right now. What we need right now is Andrew Yang. Yeah. Somebody who's trying to move us forward. I think that's, uh, yeah, the yeah. Best way to put well, it. not only, is, yeah, yeah. Not only is he moving us forward, but every single time you listen to Andrew Yang, he says the same thing over and over and over again, and it never ever gets old, ever. And he doesn't switch that message up depending on who he's talking to, and he doesn't do the 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 game that I I see most politicians are doing both red and blue is they find their base, whoever they're talking to, and they switch their message depending on who they're talking to. But the overall message is you're oppressed by A, B, or C, and I'm your hero. I'm your savior. Vote for me. I'm going to, you vote for me. I'm going to get rid of the a, a, B, or C, people group, A, A, B, or C, corporation, whatever it is. He's not mm-hmm. pinning people against each other. None of that. So uh, he's just, a, he's just a, a good person. He's a listener, and he's an unbelievable problem solver. His problem-solving techniques are unmatched. And it's just – it's like his brain works on a flow chart. His brain is like, okay, what's the problem? All right. All right. What's the list of solutions? Okay. What's the best one? All right. So that's the best, that's, that's the best solution. Okay. What's, what's the list of steps we need to solve said problem? Okay. All right. What's step one? All right. Great. Let's get to work. Like Mm -hmm. just plain and simple. So it's just, he's, He's the only option in my mind. Yeah. That's really where I'm coming from too. I worry about, you know, what the what the rest of the field uh what they're, how what did, they're bringing. How did you how and not to cut you off, how no. how did you get to know Andrew Yang? Like how how did you come to the to the idea that he was the best candidate? Was it over time, all at once? It was literally like 10 minutes into the uh, podcast that he did with Sam Harris. I was like, this guy's going to be president. He was just making way too much sense, and nobody was really even out there yet. Nobody was even thinking about running. 
uh, except for maybe Donald Trump was already had re-election on his mind, already doing rallies and stuff. But nobody else was out there, much less talking about the right issues. And the 23-some-odd candidates who have come out since, I mean, they're all just playing politics as usual. And that's Andrew's strength. Is he's not playing that game. He's, he's taken it from a completely different angle. He doesn't have the baggage that comes with the years in politics the rest of these people have. Uh, and he's bringing smart, out-of-the-box solutions to the table, which uh, I, I think is why he's Yeah. Going. Well, honestly, and this, you know, I will make this confession. I am, uh, if you Google staunch Republican, like I said, you Google staunch Republican, the video will come up that Andrew Yang's team shot of me and him together, mm-hmm. but I am a conservative. So typically I would not give a, a blue candidate the time of day. And I took the meeting with Andrew Yang, like three months before I met him. So in my time before then, I was like, basically when I took the meeting, I took the meeting with the idea, I'm going to get this guy in my truck. I'm going to prove to him that his ideas are garbage. And, and cause I'm just like, like, you know, at first glance, I was just like, no, this is not going to work. And then what I did is I, I listened to the breakfast club interview mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. And he just, as he started talking, like every single thing he said started to make sense. And then I was torn. I was like, there was this struggle within myself. I was just, I was struggling with like my own values and my own tribalism, really, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, because I, you know, my own redness in my blood, you know what I mean? Uh, because you know, I, I'm a recovery person and I'm, I, you know, I teach other men how to be solution oriented. So I was, I was struggling for like a month of like trying to anti, uh, trying to like anti-Republican this guy out of my system. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and then I listened to his book on Amazon, I downloaded a copy of his book and audibled it. And I wanted to cry my freaking eyes out for America. Fantastic book. It's scary and, and moving, but somehow hopeful. Oh, oh my God. Like you read that book and all you see is 50 years from now, abandoned buildings in every major city. And nothing but robots running the country if we don't get Andrew Yang in office, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it's just, it, it was just complete, like, stop the brakes, right? And I just, from then, from that moment on, I just bought in. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I really, you know, I got him in my truck and I, ta- I talked about, uh, one of the things that we talked about is uh, we talked about the education system. Okay. Uh, we talked about, we talked about drug addiction. 
we talked about what it's like being in jail and we talked about trucking. So, and he was a great listener and, you know, and then, then I went on to listen to him pitch like four or five people groups in New Hampshire. And he said the same thing every single time. Uh, and he, you know, he, he deals with like, he'll give you the mic. And if you get aggressive toward him, he just, he's just like, not, it doesn't respond in an aggressive manner back. And he just kind of loves you into the message, which is, it, it's perfect because everything that he does is not ego-based. Like, I, and I tell people that before, he, you know, he seeks to understand first and seeks to be understood second. So he is happy if you can come up with, like, if you see one of his policies and, you know, he believes what he believes, but if there, if new data comes to light, he's happy to switch and turn another direction. He's not the type, you get these, I, I get the impression from, and I, I know I'm rambling, but I apologize. Mm, no. I get the impression, I get the impression from different politicians that they have a plan and it's their plan is it's, and it's almost like, Hey, you know, you peasants, just trust me. I got this. Just go for me. I got a plan. Right. Mm. And their plan is plan a. And if they start to see that their plan isn't working, well, they'll continue on with their plan just because they don't want to admit defeat. And they don't want to do something else for, because of their own ego. Whereas with, whereas with Andrew, he's made a shift. He made a shift in the UBI. In the beginning, it was 18 to 64. And some people brought some data to him about retirees. And he was like, hold on. Actually, this makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it. 18 to expiration on the freedom dividend. I mean, do you, have you ever known a candidate to be like that? No. I mean, it's it's unprecedented. And a lot of what he's doing is is fairly unprecedented. And you see a lot of the other candidates are playing the same politics game. They're playing to the base. They might try to get some swing voters or not really talking to the whole country. They talk a big game. They get in office. They usually don't accomplish, you know, half of what they promised they were going to accomplish. And we kind of come to expect that from our politicians. Uh, But this guy's clearly not a politician. And that's that appeals to a lot of people. That's what appealed to people about Donald Trump. This is he's a business guy. He's a problem solver. He's going to get in there and make it happen. Um, And that's that's the message from Andrew that's really resonating with people is he's not playing the same old school game that this country's been run on for for decades now. He's really speaking to everybody. Like you said, he's listening first and uh and kind of breaking down all those lines, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, it it's it's really it really is refreshing. And he he's just a good person. Like he's just he's the type of person you trust. He's the type of guy that everybody wants 
you know, at their wedding or, every, you know, the type of guy you want around your family. You know, like he is a wholesome person and not only is he likable, but he's trustworthy, you know, which is more than I can say for Donald Trump. Now, I, I liked Donald Trump when, when he first came out, right? And he, he, to Andrew's right, like he gives him credit for calling out the pain that America was in, but his solutions are just not what we need. And I, I literally tried everything in my power not to like Andrew yet. I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself not to like him. It was yeah. just unbelievable. He's, you know? he's the only one making sense on, on these issues, and he's really one of the only ones even acknowledging the problems that are coming down the line. And people are already seeing this. I'm seeing it here. Half of our checkout lanes in Walmart are self-checkout now. You know, you got yeah. food places. They're, they're replacing people with touch screens. And, I mean, people are starting to experience this in in rural America. I live out in, in a rural area. It's funny. State, so we're seeing it. it. Where do you live? I where live do, in where do you Bis, live? Bisbee, Arizona, some uh, south of oh, Tucson. Oh, okay, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I live in Maricopa, Arizona myself, actually. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is, is like... My mom, she lives in uh, Independence, Missouri, which is like a rural part of uh, the suburb of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she goes to Walmart and she asks, she says, can I get an employee? She, like, she goes to the self-checkout. She's like, she calls an employee over there and she says, can you put me in for the um, the employee discount? And she's like, and the, 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 they're like, yeah, sure, uh, what's your employee ID? And she's like, I'm not, I'm not an employee, but if I'm going to do your job, I should at least get an employee discount, right? Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. She's just kind of a smart aleck, you know, like that. I love it. And like, like he's, he's championing this idea of getting the money to the people. Like a slice of, a slice of every uh, robot truck mile, a slice of every, Google search, a slice of every Facebook ad. I mean, it's our data that they're utilizing. Right. No, it's you not know? a handout. It's so, it's our money. We built Facebook. Yeah. We built Google and Amazon. We made all of these advancements possible. And all he's saying is that we deserve a piece of that. You know, and, and that just totally shatters this socialist handout welfare argument because it's it's not a handout. It's a dividend. We made this country what it is. We're the most powerful country in the world. We have a, the biggest economy in the world. We've made most of the craziest technological advancements of the past couple decades. And all he's saying is, you know what? You're the ones making this happen. You deserve a piece. And I, I think that's if you listen to him explain it like that, you're going to have a really hard time finding somebody who doesn't agree with that. Well, that's the thing is in the beginning, I didn't agree with it mm. until I heard him explain it like this. He's like, when Verizon, when he explained it like a stock, right? Mm-hmm. When Verizon actually gives their stockholders a dividend like nobody complains about that and like initially and i say this in in the uh the video that they shot the campaign shot of me one of my things was like 
initially, if you were to tell me his positions on stuff, just kind of throw them out there without explanation, I, you know, I, my initial reaction is, heck no, right? But then as he starts to explain why the dividend should be in place, it makes sense to me. It's the same scenario of by being a, a, an owner and a shareholder of the greatest country of the world, same thing as being an owner and shareholder of a great stock like Amazon, they pay out a dividend and nobody complains. Right. Like reframing of the idea that's uh, really phenomenal. Yeah. So it, it really is. It, it, I mean, all I'm asking for America to do is give Andrew Yang a look. Just give him a look. Yeah. He's not a just sound give him an camera, hour. Yeah. yeah, just give him an hour of your time. Give him uh, a, a Joe Rogan podcast. Give him mm. uh, a Breakfast Club podcast. You know, give him a chance at, at the debate. I think, What do you? what's your prediction for the debate, by the way? I think that a lot of the other candidates are not going to be ready for for him. They're just not going to have answers to these other than like, oh, we'll have to look into that. You know, we'll study that. Uh, nobody's really talking about this. And even the candidates who have mentioned, you know, the threats of automation and artificial intelligence. I mean, they don't have a plan. They're just like, well, we better look into that. So, I mean, nobody's going to even re- really be able to compete with him on that level. Um, so I, my prediction is they're going to start dropping like flies because it's going to make just as much sense to them as it makes to us. And we come from very different backgrounds. It's going to make just as much sense to them. And they have two choices, either take his ideas and run on the same ideas or drop out and support him. And I think they're going to drop out and support him personally. Well, the thing, the thing is, is I've seen, I've seen candidates that are slowly moving toward uh, UBI and some of his other, you know, he has some, some stuff that are just unbelievable, like relocation of government agencies in relocating government agency. I mean, it's just brilliant, right? It just makes sense, right? Like, you know, like the I-95 from, from Central Virginia all the way to D.C. is gummed up, and real estate in that area is just insane as far as price. Just move, move government agencies to places where the – the travel is better and the the residential real estate market is uh, just more suitable for people to be able to live and work for the government. It just makes sense, yeah. right? And travel, travel as far as talking, uh, doesn't. you don't have to go to Washington on every whim. You can just do a meetup or a Zoom or whatever, you know, go to meetings. You know, like he's just so much smarter than anybody – and that's another thing that I like about this guy, high-level intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, very, I mean, like, he scored a, a 1220 on his, he, he did a, uh, he took the SAT and scored a 1220 Damn. when he was 12 years old. What? I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When he was 12 years old. Right? So, I mean, like. <laughs> We're talking about like this guy is a whiz kid. He's a genius, you know. Yeah. So, 
he's, he's no like stranger you, to technology too because i mean it, a lot of these people on capitol hill don't even understand how facebook works and i mean there's the uh yeah so they're exactly not thinking like about uh, ai and robotics and shit there's just yeah, like one one of the one of the candidates who I'm going to remain nameless, she wants to break up Amazon and Facebook mm. and Google, and I'm like, do you, you know, he says, do you really want to use the fourth best, fourth best navigational app? You know, there's a reason we don't Bing. There's a reason we don't Bing things. <laughs> you know, and and this whole thing on monopolies is you. you when there's an monopoly and you break something up, it's for the betterment of the customer, not because you're angry at, uh, you know, a capitalist corporation, right? right? He's not anti-capitalist. He's like, look, this is capital. This is capitalism where income doesn't start at zero. That's it. And it you know? all just flows back. I mean, people think about it as a handout. Like, no, where's that money going to go? If you get $1,000 a month, where's that going to go? Because I know I'm going to use it to improve my life, to fix up my car, to, you know, save up for stuff, to pay off debt, to go down Main Street and, and support my local businesses and stuff. Like, it, that money doesn't disappear. It just cycles yeah. right and back. And Jeff and the gang, yeah, Jeff and the gang is going to get part of that too. Like, you're going to order an extra Jeez. toaster or whatever. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It just makes sense. So, I mean, there's just there's no other way to say it. No other way to say it. And anybody who listens to the guy for more than a couple minutes, they're gonna realize it makes sense too, because it makes sense to everybody. I mean, thirty second soundbite, you're not gonna get it if you just listen to the the typical, you know news media coverage of a, a two minute interview or, you know, little sound clips, you're not going to get it. You actually have to, like you're saying, sit down, listen to a, a long form conversation with the guy and you, you will get it. It will, it will make sense instantly, but it, he's not one of these, I, you know, my biggest fear for Republicans and I'm going to speak from Republicans is they're going to go in with this notion, uh, that like, and that, that, like not everybody is as self-aware as I am because I went into the conversation with Andrew Yang, right? Uh, you know, I'm listening to him talk via video and I went in with like, this guy's, this guy's, you know, I don't like this guy already. Right. So I go into the conversation with that and then but I'm so incredibly self-aware. I'm like, why am I like, why am I trying to hate this person, you know, or not hate this person, but why am I trying to hate this, this, this ideology? Right. Like, like have an open mind. Right. So he's the only candidate that's, that's really doing that to getting people, getting people to, think about things along the lines of specific issues and specific solutions instead of along, you know, party lines or ideological lines, you know, and even says, he said, he said from the very beginning, I'm running as a Democrat. He's like, he didn't say I'm a Democrat running for president. I'm running as a Democrat in 2020. And really, really early on, I believe he, he even said like, no, I'm, I'm an independent, but I know my best chance to win is to run as a Democrat um, instead of running as a Republican against Donald Trump. So, uh, I think that's something that not a whole lot of people are aware of, 
but he's very he's firmly grounded kind of in the middle and looking at the issues and not not playing this red team blue team shit that we're all so used to yeah but i mean at the end of the day he i mean in his heart he is a democrat but i like you know your take you know on that that he's running as a democrat but i mean at the end of the day he is a democrat and like you know i just what i want from from conservatives or people, you know, truckers too, just give the guy a look. Just give the guy a look, right? Give him, give him a look and don't come in with any preconceived notions, mm-hmm. uh, anything. Just, just move forward and listen to him yeah. and give him a look. But that's pretty much it, you know, as far as my – my take on him, you know, just an excellent person, uh, very approachable, uh, you know, makes you feel like you're the only person in the room, very focused on people first, mm-hmm. uh, and high level, high level problem solver. Yeah. It's, uh, exciting for sure. Uh, well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your story with us. And uh, I'll make sure to put every, all the links and whatnot in the show notes. So if people haven't seen that video of the ride along, they can go and check that out. Um, and then you are you are also a moderator in the in the base camp group. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And we also, uh, by the way, we started off the the Andrew Yang channel on Zello. And Zello is actually a really a good app for it turns your phone into a walkie-talkie. So our our goal for that for truckers and for other people mm-hmm. is to utilize that walkie-talkie system as just a place where Andrew Yang supporters can get together and just talk. Yeah, I think that's really really cool. I actually ended up making a channel for the for the podcast because it, it's a really interesting use of uh, technology just to kind of have this old style walkie talkie system like, you know, you're with your family at Disneyland or whatever, and you got all got to keep in touch. It, it's just expanding that to the entire uh, base camp, I think, is is a really cool way to be able to connect with people from all over the country. Um just right there at the tap of a button. So I'm, I'm definitely keeping yeah, that so, open on my phone and looking forward yeah, to hearing so, the people. Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. So, for again, for those people that want to uh, – uh, you just download the Zello app, and that's uh, Z-E-L-L-O, and then you just search for the Andrew Yang channel, and then there is a little icon for – uh, a microphone and you just press that and you just talk and whoever's in the room will talk back to you. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's that's uh, really cool. So that's pretty much it for today, guys. Um, it, give Andrew Yang a look. And uh, if you are a conservative or a Republican, uh, switch your party and vote for Andrew Yang. Yang 2020. Yang 2020. Well, hey, man, thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing where this thing goes. I mean, debates are coming up, so we shall see. All right, we'll do. But, but thank you All for right. what you're take doing. Take care. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, take care.
Wow, that was a uh, really interesting interview. Um, Getting to know Fred, actually, uh, I wasn't a part of this interview, but getting to know Fred over the last couple of uh, days here, I've been talking to him on Zello, and he's a really, really awesome stand-up guy. Like, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't always agree with a lot of people and, you know, their stance on policies and stuff, you know, especially, like, on the conservative end. I'm a very big, big fan of arguing with conservatives, but... uh, Fred is just a really no, you, cool guy. Like yeah, he's like you can he gets get along it. with them. It's possible. It's yeah, possible to get along with people with conservatives and Republicans. I've been talking to uh, that's people what Yang on the shows right. Us, is that it's yeah. like you know it doesn't matter what side you're on. It's like exactly. You can, it's we not can, left. It's not right. It's, it's forward, baby. Exactly. Yang 2020. That's why I'm really stop this pleased movement. with that interview. Yeah. Really pleased with that. <laughs> it was cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. He was the first person that that uh, reached out when I when I went into the the base camp. And asked, uh, I was like, "Hey, I want to do, you know, I want to interview some people for the for the podcast." He was the first one sent me an email. I was like, "I'll do it." Uh, you know, and then we here, found out who he was. And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's, he's like, the guy from oh, the oh, yeah. ride-along, oh, yeah. you know, with Andrew <laughs> Yang." And I'm like, "Oh hell, we gotta like, have oh, him on." Oh shit! So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. But uh, we also have coming up next uh, returning guest Phil Ord from the episode Meltdown on uh, nuclear power. So. I know we're kind of strained on time here, so we're going to go straight into that right now. All righty. Okay, we are welcoming back for the second time Phil Ord. Phil, thanks for coming uh, back and hanging out with us for a little bit. I know. I feel like a celebrity, man. <laughs> so uh, today we are talking about Andrew Yang and his uh, slogan of humanity first, which is what I'm calling this episode. Uh, we are getting into the nitty gritty of the humanity aspect of it because there's plenty out there. There are plenty of people covering policy if you want to get into the nitty-gritty of it but i'm really just trying to get at the the human angle of it so i guess we should start with how you found out about him and what about him speaks to you as a presidential candidate or, or why were you drawn to him as a candidate well i heard him on joe rogan I think that's where a lot of people first heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to the whole thing, and he was talking about just some very kind of serious transformations going on in the economy and what was the reason why people were so disinfectuated with what's going on that they voted for Trump. And he genuinely wanted to understand and not right off. And what I thought was cool is he went around hanging out with truckers, which mm-hmm. is very, very conservative, um, talking to them about what is what is hurting them in their regular day life. And a lot of it is job insecurity, I, I'd say. And uh, I, I like him because he's, He's willing to listen and try to understand and not just rely on rhetoric. He wants to solve problems. Uh, right. And that's how 
policy needs to be. We need to do pilots. We need to do policy looking at evidence uh, in the future because, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your philosophy is. It's what works, you know. So. Yeah, the the old the old rules don't really work anymore. You know, kind of the old guard politicians are coming up with these uh, pseudo solutions that they acknowledge the problem. I mean, even if they do, some of them aren't even acknowledging that automation and artificial intelligence are even a problem. But the ones who do, they kind of have this spam canned auto response default politician mode. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll look at that. And oh, this is a problem. And then you go, well, hey, how are you going to solve it? And they, they don't have an answer. He's the only one who's actually thinking about the problems and how to solve them, which is why I've become such a strong proponent of his. Yeah. And, um, I just think his level of in- intellectualism is just so much better than some of the dogma that's out there. Like, you know, Bernie Sanders, I think his heart's in the right place, but he keeps saying, Oh, it's the greed of the billionaires i'm sure there's some of that but it's also how our economy has basically evolved to the point where you know the idea of a bunch of people forming a union to be treated like family at a workplace is just not how the world operates anymore and there's like a lot of the companies that do very well uh, are so efficient at doing what they do that they, you know, just, you know, pull huge amounts of this, of, of of the money in their direction. And I don't think it's a contest between the rich and the poor. I don't think wealth inequality is necessarily a zero-sum game. But... You know, but what Yang talks about is he wants he wants to keep the system of capitalism running just so it benefits the most amount of people and not willing to just disregard, uh, you know, how how markets operate, um, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, he's the only person that I've ever heard talk about it in that sense, because excuse me, you'll hear people talk about like, oh, you know, capitalism is the worst. And I'm going, well, okay, what what's the better system? Because we know socialism, real socialism doesn't work. We know communism, real communism doesn't work. So so what's so what's better? Andrew's the only one saying, okay, no, capitalism isn't perfect, but it's the best thing that we got. And we can improve it. We can reshape how we define capitalism to not just focus on GDP, but to focus on how we're actually doing. And that's the biggest part of his campaign that I really love is the human-centered capitalism aspect of it. Because, of course, we get the UBI everybody's stoked to get a thousand dollars a month in their pocket they don't really care where it comes from 
That's where most of his base or a significant chunk of his base is coming from. Uh, but just redefining how we how we measure how we're doing as a society, the human-centered capitalism part of it, redefining capitalism to be not just GDP, but how we're actually doing in, in things like uh, childhood mortality rate or, or suicide rate, drug overdose, um, you know, people living in poverty, actually measuring those things and valuing the things that we know are important, but that GDP doesn't give a shit about. Like he says, he said all along the campaign trail for a long time, he's the father of two sons, one of whom is autistic. His wife stays at home all day and takes care of the boys. What is What does GDP value her work at? Fucking zero. Zero. She doesn't even factor into the equation and that's wrong and I think we all know that it's wrong and he says she has the hardest job in the world and this is a guy who's running for president who's traveling around the country who's leaving his family to go on long trips and flying to you know all all over such and such going to Washington talking to people going to you know Iowa going flying out and taking ride-alongs with truckers to see like Nobody else is doing that. They're going through the motions, but they're not doing the work. So when I see that kind of ethic on the political stage, especially for a political candidate, everybody else is just kind of going through the motions. They're saying what people want to hear. They're not really offering real solutions. Andrew's actually putting in the fucking work and saying, okay, not only this is the problem, this is a solution, this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, yeah, that's and that, it. I, I've also seen him stand up for what he believes in, even when people find it unpopular. Like I saw this one clip where people were talking about, like these kids were challenging him on his stance on climate change mm-hmm. as he, they were like saying, I think they basically they kind of insinuated he was being too weak on that, and he's just like, you know, they didn't like the fact that he said, "Oh, America only emits like twenty percent mm-hmm. of the global pie," and they brought up a historical, you know, reference that, oh, the United States has emitted the lion's share of already existing carbon dioxide, and uh, oh, and basically they got kind of upset with him about the idea that. People that are stressed out economically don't give a shit about the penguins uh, in Antarctica, which is, which is, which is true. You can't. There's a there's a level of kind of elitism when it comes to environmentalism, and I, I could talk about that in another four hours. But he's still like, no, I stand by my views, and. Sometimes you need to do that because if you know your views are right, like uh, when it comes to data, you 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 have to stick by them, even when they're unpopular. And uh, I know that's kind of a tangent, but you brought up a point of he he's not just going through the motions; he's thinking critically on his own. And it's like, okay, what's the 
best option, not just what's politically popular. Right. And and I'm also uh, notorious for choosing kind of niche candidates. Like during the 2016 election, the beginning, I was a Bernie guy because I always thought Clinton was just awful. And then um, when Clinton won the nomination, I was just like, screw that. I'm going to, you know, maybe more government isn't the solution. So then I, you know, kind of fell in love with the Libertarian Party. But that's a very much a more of a philosophy and not a necessarily pragmatic uh, approach to politics. But I think that that's kind of like my starting point. But when I get a candidate that speaks sense and tries to be evidence-based, I'm all about it. Yeah. I, I think that's where pretty much everyone was in 2016 with very few exceptions. Uh, at the beginning of, as the election was building up in 2016, I did support Bernie, not because I loved everything he had to say. I thought, some of his stuff was nonsense, particularly around agriculture and Monsanto and all that. But he was clearly the best candidate. And like you, I was not super stoked for voting for Hillary because don't like her personally. Uh, still voted for her because I'm like, well, it's a two-party system. It's um, That's what we got. So, uh, oh, joy. Uh, dogs making a guest appearance in the background there. I don't know if you can hear that, but my dogs are barking. <clears throat> no, so so people have been in this cycle or default mode of just lesser of two evils for decades. Nobody's come into the stage that anybody really gets excited about. I mean, I think the one exception is Obama. Uh, people, he genuinely inspired people in, in a way that we hadn't seen before. And I think that's why he won because before him, it was just politics as usual, you know, like, okay, who's the less evil asshole that I have to begrudgingly give my vote to. And after he left office, it was the same thing. It was like Trump versus Hillary. It's just like, Oh Jesus might as well not vote. And that's what a lot of Americans did. They just didn't vote. They were just like, fuck it. I'm staying home. I don't believe in this system anymore because nobody is standing up and doing the right thing for the American people because they're all just playing a fake fucking bullshit game. They're all just saying what people want to hear and you know they don't believe it and you know they're not going to fucking do it. Why are you going to fucking take the power of your vote and put it behind a candidate you don't believe in? So that's why people have been so disillusioned by our whole political system to where they're like, why should I even give a shit? It doesn't even matter. Andrew Yang busts in the door, all of a sudden, whoa. Oh, shit, there's there's a real guy in the room now, and he's actually trying to solve shit, and he's talking to people like people, and you can tell he's not bullshitting he's not putting the sugar coaty stuff on there he's there's no sparkly veneer he just speaks very clearly and very honestly to the american people not only that goes out and meets them wants to know what their problems are wants to know what they're struggling with 
so that he can better learn how to solve those problems. And this is why he's gaining so much traction. I mean, the only reason why the polls are showing what they're showing right now is name ID alone. The only reason Andrew Yang isn't the only fucking person on the ticket is because nobody's ever heard of him. Everybody's heard of Biden. Everybody's heard of Bernie. You got all these people coming up from the woodwork. Some people are familiar with Kamala and Cory Booker. Pete Buttigieg is on the rise um, on personality, which is, eh, okay. It's a, it's a typical shallow politician thing. He He's not, I like the guy, but he's not bringing solutions to the table. Nobody really is. I think the closest I could come up with would probably be Elizabeth Warren but you compare her policy positions to Andrew Yang's no contest no contest he he blows her out of the water they all have some good ideas and and I will vote for whoever wins the nomination honestly <clears throat> as long as it's not Trump whoever it is I I will give them my vote begrudgingly, but I, I honestly really hope it's Andrew Yang, and I think that it will be because I think that once America meets him and hears him speak to the heart, to the heart of the American people, it's no contest. It's Nobody else is doing that. Yeah, him made a joke of... Who's going to be, who's that Asian dude standing next to Joe Biden? He's literally <laughs> on the stage with Joe Biden, mm-hmm. I think a few podiums away. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think once people hear on the national stage what he's saying, I, I think his numbers are going to skyrocket, honestly. I hope they do. Um, I was really hopeful about Bernie back in 20, you know. 2015, even though I I don't care for him very much anymore, but I don't want to get my hopes up too much because, you know, they're they're facing kind of some juggernauts. Uh, But I think he could. I I think it'll cause quite a few to sink to the bottom and just drop out Um, like my previous governor, John Hickenlooper, like, why is he even trying like yeah he's he's like it's like come on man like there's too many people on the field right now try again in four more years or something i don't know uh i mean maybe but presumably he's going to be running against andrew yang and i i don't see why anybody would even think that would be a good idea i mean after four years of of lifting everybody out of poverty and putting a thousand dollars a month into every adult 18 and over until you fucking die Who's going to want to give that up? It's going to put huge pressure on the next president, whoever it is coming in, to uphold that that promise and that that value. Yeah, well, I'd like I, I'm kind of wary of the idea of, of just basically bribing people to vote for you based on a thousand dollars a month. I think yeah. the idea should be it. It's a it's a stipend that can help you. But I think we have to tie it directly to inflation, so that number, like the the percentage, never changes. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, uh, right? Because it's always well, proportional to 
whatever growth the there is. Right. right, because who's to say, you know, the next administration would change it, you know, change the the amount of stipend or universal basic income. I, but that's getting into kind of some policy stuff. But I, uh, I, I don't think that that's the only like that's a big allure of 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 Yang, but I don't think that's it completely. Uh, oh yeah, I mean you have to hear her yeah. make the case. You have to hear her make the cases right. for why why it's not only a good idea, but why it's necessary, or yep. that it will be necessary in the years to come. And and I think the idea is not that UBI is not enough to live off of. It's basically enough to take the edge off, and that can resonate with some conservatives when he says things like the government sucks at doing a lot of things. It's what it's good at is cutting checks, which is absolutely true. And he talks about Milton Friedman. Uh, Milton Friedman definitely wanted to replace all welfare with UBI because it gave people agency over assistance that they needed. Um, But, you know, the fact that it is kind of a, a libertarian idea of, you know, decentralizing government assistance to not be a basically big red tape bureaucracy makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, you know, the, if he, these arguments can be made for various different political parties and that are political ideologies. And that's what's so magical about this dude. Yeah, he really, he really is appealing to anybody who gives him five minutes to listen to him, which is really his, uh, his power move. That's his, that's his melee attack <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, and I like how he answers his questions the same every time. So, so they don't get, he doesn't get mixed up in translation or, you know, his, you know, daily mood or something like he's just out there. All he does is he spits the same facts out over and over and over again. And I think that's very, that's very refreshing, because, yeah. you know, it, it it it's not feelings. It's like he, he's being kind of like a robot, and I maybe that sounds <laughs> maybe that sounds racist, uh, but uh, I mean, I I, no, I, the, I think consistency it's it's huge, and I I find it interesting that you mentioned that because my interview with Fred, he made the exact same point. He's consistent. He doesn't change his message depending on who he's talking to or what he had for breakfast that morning. You know, he's, he's consistent. He's not a bullshitter. He's, he's, he's a go-getter. He's a problem solver and he just wants to solve the problem. So really we just need to give him a chance. Exactly. And I mean, I might get in trouble for saying this, but you know, I, I think there's definitely a, in, in America, there's a extremely, good culture among the Asian American community of just work hard and try to just do the best you can. And I think that that ethic would actually be a great thing for the White House after this monstrosity we have in the White House right now. Um, It's just like Trump is, it's like we hired a sleazy car salesman that just tells you what you want to hear to to run the fucking country and that's you know i think people are starting to realize now maybe the you know 
the president shouldn't have that much power. And I don't think yeah. Andrew Yang is like power hungry. He's, you know, if, if no, anything, he's gonna, he wants to facilitate a conversation. And I think that's what a president ought to do. A president ought to be a figurehead that comes up, talks about some ideas and, you know, explains why maybe Congress should look at them. Um, instead of like, oh, I alone can solve this. He's, he's, he's not about that. All right. And that's, that's what a lot of people who went into voting for Trump thought about him. He's like, oh, he's not a politician. He's promising to run the government like one of his businesses. And I mean, I guess apparently they didn't know that, uh, the majority of his businesses have failed or gone bankrupt. And and he wasn't talking about running them like a, a big multinational thing. He was really talking about running the government like a reality show. And then everybody was surprised he's running the government like a reality TV show. And I'm like, no, guys, that that's literally what he said he was going to do. I don't want to get on too much of a tangent with Trump. Uh, when Josh and I started the podcast, we're like, okay, he gets enough airtime. We're not going to talk about him. But it, it's almost impossible these days to not acknowledge how phenomenally fucked up this situation is. I mean, on a global stage. Uh, bridges are being burned everywhere. Uh, but... This is why we need that ray of hope. We need somebody to come out of the fucking shadows and show us a way through. And uh, it, it sounds like both you and me and Fred and a ton of other people across widely different backgrounds are all coming to the same base camp, so to speak. And uh, just coming to the conclusion that like, no, this, this is the guy. I mean, I knew it back in 2017, 10 minutes into the interview with him. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the guy for sure. Everybody else, they, they got good ideas. I'm not going to shit on any of the other Democrats. Um, I'll vote for any of them, honestly, if, if Andrew doesn't get the nomination. But I, I'm fairly confident that he's going to get the nomination because I honestly don't think uh, anybody else can compete on his level. And if they're asked about questions, if they're asked about things like automation and AI, they're not going to have an answer beyond what answers Capitol Hill gave Andrew Yang when he came to them with those concerns. Oh, we can't talk about that. Oh, we'll look into that. Oh, we're going to make a plan for that. Like, Job, no, this, jobs yeah. training that doesn't work. Oh, I mean, come on. We know that doesn't work. We have math to back that up. Retraining programs don't work. Not to any measurable degree. Zero to 15%. Are you telling me you're going to go and take a 50-year-old truck driver from Indiana with a high school education and retrain him to be a computer programmer or a website which, builder? Which is going to be automated uh, anyway. Like We're literally going to have automated coding like crazy shit like that where it's like yeah because I, I don't know you could train a computer to code honestly that's that's kind oh, of yeah. creepy stuff but you know it's it's true 
Um, yeah. And I would also say just, I a lot of his policies make sense. So for example, one of the big issues I see in this country is the cost of housing in major cities. We mm. are We are urbanizing on a massive scale. And we have this issue where people don't build large buildings in cities. They're like in San Francisco, there's an, a complete part of the city that's all two-story buildings. And the zoning laws are so uh, strict that they block any sort of housing development. And that, that's that got to stop because that's just going to increase the cost of housing for everybody. It's not, it's not greed. It's not you know, landlords basically trying to rip people off. It's because there's just not enough supply to meet demand. And he talks about on his, one of his policy positions is we got to decrease these zoning laws. I'm just like, there we go. And when he talks about the, uh, the high cost of education, I think he talks about how like the loans are, are, are bogus and they aren't going to be paid back. And maybe the government ought to stop giving out like all all these loans and maybe people should, you know, look more to like state public school. I think that's what he was talking about. Does he talk more about like public colleges and states? Maybe that was my own idea. But yeah, no, I, I know that I know that he's uh, I think he's for free community college. So like basic stuff. I know that he's not all on board with free college for everyone forever, uh, because a lot of his a lot of his thing has to do with. Excuse me, not um. Not pushing college so hard because we all know, a college degree doesn't get you what it used to. We have people with master's degree working at fucking McDonald's and Starbucks. Um, He's trying to push trade jobs because those are going to be the hardest to automate away. People people who work in call centers or fast food or customer service or any kind of high-level brain task that you have to put, like, that can be automated away in a second. But plumbers electricians, uh, custodians, people like me who clean toilets for a living, it's going to be very hard to train robots to be able to do that. They'll be able to have Roombas and shit to go and clean floors, but those are going to be some of the last jobs to go away are the trade jobs, the, the ones that require creativity and... Just you know, on the spot thinking. problem solving. Yeah, on the and, spot problem solving, exactly. And and human dexterity. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and and but then again, like he he just looks at all these issues and looks at like the root cause of it economically, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You know, like why is the cost of college so high? Well, what can we do to maybe you know decrease the you know, absurd pretend demand for it, you know, or, or, you know, fix some zoning laws to have housing be more affordable or using supporting nuclear power to solve climate change or, 
or in supporting the carbon fee and dividend uh, to, you know, th that being our environmental, uh, you know, our climate change policy, which is very evidence-based. It's, it's taking one issue at a time and not speaking about it in terms of how you see it not in a moral sense, but in a rational sense. Okay, what's the problem and how do we get in to solve it? Like it's not, we, we don't solve these complex issues with talking points. It's, it's looking, it's, it's literally opening up and researching and being like, okay, what's going on? Where, where has it been better and where has it been worse and who can we copy you or, or, or what's the best, what has the best outcomes? That's, that's, that's just an amazing way to run a, 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 a political or government system because it's kind of follows the scientific method, which has never steered us wrong. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's really, no candidate that I can think of has ever used that. He's approaching everything very methodically and and without saying using the scientific method to approach the problems and like, let's figure out what's going to work. Let's figure out what's not going to work. Um, and that's why his initial core fandom, it was all like nerds and intellectuals, people who listen to two hour podcasts because they are intellectually starved. It's not these cable news yeah, shows. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm I'm trying not to be disparaging about people who have more going on in their lives and uh, only have time for 30 second sound bites. But that's that's what made his candidacy is candidacy is the fact that he's a nerd. He's a math nerd. And uh, I don't think that's stressed enough that like no, this is not a politician. This is a nerd who wants to come in here and science the shit out of our government. And I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh there's, I think it's called the party of science and reason. The, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, Are you talking about Porp? Yes. That's the one. David McAfee M McAfee. Uh, I, I guess I know I follow them on Twitter, yeah. but, but it's it's that type of thinking, uh, so like science and reason and, yeah, you know, it's, humanism. It's not present in our political discourse at all. And I think that's that's like the ultimate solution is like, OK, can we can we stop playing pretend politics like we all have a or, fish, yep. Fisher Fisher Price play kitchen where we're like letting our kids pretend cook rubber eggs like no can we right. actually get somebody in the fucking kitchen to make a meal please <laughs> right and uh yeah uh what was i gonna say yeah oh and stop with the identity politics he deflects yeah. every time he's asked questions about it he deflects it like you know someone asks him a dumb question about quote-unquote reparations and he's just like well the ubi can account for some of that you know uh uh how do we empower women oh well if they're the if they're often the ones at home because they want to be with the kids more ubi can help with that you know he he kind of uses ubi as a way to like kind of deflect on all these identity politics issues which 
I think are, are very damaging to this country. And the the Democrats apparently uh, are doubling down on a lot of it. And, uh, you know, I, I hope Andrew Yang does not, you know, go down that route for brownie points. But I, I the, from what I I've heard about him, he he's will. yeah, he's not really into identity politics. And that's 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 great. That's that's why I love the guy. I, I yeah. don't think he's an identitarian. Yeah, he. I mean, he uses the phrase "tongue in cheek," the opposite of a Donald Trump is an Asian man who likes math, but you don't see him playing that identity politics thing to where he's saying, right. "As an Asian American, I believe this is how we should do things." He's just like, right. "No, as an American." you know, running for president, these are the problems that we, that I see. And this is my plan to solve them. He doesn't, he doesn't pander like that. And frankly, we need more of that. And I hope that if, if nothing else, if this gets people to rethink how they run for office, he will have succeeded. If he gets these issues on the board Kind of like Bernie did. Like all Bernie's positions from 2016 are now the main policy positions of the Democratic Party. If Andrew Yang can just move the needle a little bit to get people talking about things like automation and AI and evidence and evidence and reason and, you know, analytical thinking, he will have succeeded. So even if he doesn't win the nomination, He's already won because he's woken up a whole country to to the to the problems and the solutions and the right way to think about them and the wrong ways to think about them because there are many more wrong ways to think about the problems. Oh, it's all it's all the immigrants. Oh, it's oh we're shipping stuff overseas. Like no, look at the data, look at the math. All I know is if he did go head to head with Trump, he'd win. There's no doubt he wouldn't. He would win. Like I like there's. Because he he's getting the Republicans on his side with a, with a lot of stuff, and that's super important. That's I, I don't know why more politicians don't try to really try to understand and try to help, like not help, but understand the Republicans and really try to get their vote. That's right. that's very important. Because you hear, if, if, yeah, you hear a lot of them, and they're like. Oh, we don't care about Fox viewers. Fox, the Fox viewers, they're too far gone. We're not even going to talk to them because we know we can't get them. That is the wrong fucking attitude to take. And I've yeah, heard a know. lot of pundits do this. And or give ca- me a calling break, every, guys. calling everybody racist. Like the the, yeah. the 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 threshold for racism is so low now. Like you just have an unpopular opinion, and boom, you're racist. Uh, that's that's got to stop. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I just think Yang's the guy, man. Yeah. He's, he's not even really pointing it out by name. He's leading by example. He's showing the right way to do it. He's saying, saying without saying, guys, we don't need to play that game. We're better than this. We're all grown ups. Right. Let's figure this shit out and make it happen. Yeah. And, and he's great at, answering questions like all the time like i guess you could say he's he acts like the adult in the room just like yeah. you know oh big you, time 
we don't need to go we don't really need to discuss that you know it, that it, this in that term in these terms you know let's discuss it in rationality so yeah i mean i could i could talk about yang for hours i i probably need to learn a little bit more about him but his message is just so ref- refreshingly reasonable i you know literally right after i listened to him on joe rogan i i put up the yang banner on my facebook page and never never looked back uh I mean, uh, my yeah, my my yeah, icon right. has yeah, my icon has the Yang hat on it for Christ's sake. So, <laughs> and I have a I have a Yang bumper sticker, I have a Yang T-shirt. I'm all, I'm I'm a Yang banger. <laughs> well, I'm wearing mine right now because uh, I thought this was going to be an inter uh, video interview, but you know, I I have two. I have the Yang 2020, and then I have the Humanity First one that he released for Pride. So. I'm I'm repping Yang hard. I got a bumper sticker for my own car. They send you two, and uh, actually converted my neighbors. It's a younger LGBT couple who lives next door. They're in their early twenties, and uh, just being my drunk self and friendly and chatty, converted them to Yang guys. So now they're Yang gang. I gave them my extra bumper sticker. They got it on their car. And it's just so exciting to see how this how this is spreading because it's yep. it's like wildfire. It really is. Anybody that listens to him for more than five minutes, they get it. They get it. Yep. So yeah, uh, it, oh, just really quick, I was gonna say, this household is completely Yang. Like uh, I, I live with two caregivers. One's my good college buddy, and one's been my caregiver throughout college. Uh, and, I don't know. They're basically like my second siblings, but. Yeah. Uh, my yeah my my male roommate michael uh i told him to listen to yang and then all of a sudden he's he was totally on board he's just like dude yes love this guy and then also my other my caregiver's boyfriend uh we always like we literally would stay up late like talking about like economics and shit and uh we were like, you know, we talk about automation all the time and like, like the, you know, how, you know, kind of the, you know, evolution of capitalism and stuff. And right. I told him to listen to the Joe Rogan and he's totally for Yang. And so is my caregiver, Megan. Uh, there, uh, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Like anybody we talk to, we always about politics, we always mention Yang, so it's fun. Yeah, it it absolutely is, and it's weird to get, it's weird to see people getting so excited about politics because I've never been excited about politics. I've never donated to a politician's campaign. I've never put a political bumper sticker on my car, like, and that's most people's stories. Most people that are are getting behind this guy have never engaged with politics before and that's why he's gonna fucking win a whole new generation like if he goes up against trump like you were saying not only is he gonna win for the first time in american history i think that map as it pops up on election night it is gonna be 100 percent blue not a single dot of red 
and that's uh that you know here here's to hoping <laughs> yeah i i really think he's gonna i think he's gonna be very successful so i'm that's why i'm so excited for the debate yeah i cannot wait for the debates those are coming up uh he's going on colbert here he's already recorded it but that's going live in a couple hours here uh by the time this podcast gets out that people will uh most of whom already have seen it but if you haven't yet uh check him out on colbert i assume that is going to be awesome he's making some big announcement we don't know what it is uh and in the show notes we are going to put links to andrew's homepage in 2020 please check out his policies he has like two to three times as many as the next political candidate down the line which is elizabeth warren it's over a hundred policies every single one of them is fucking brilliant and golden it's not just here i'm going to give you money shut up uh because that's uh, how he's painted a lot um it's just like oh it's just handouts for anybody who hasn't actually listened to him um and i will put links in the show notes as well to the joe rogan interview that got you into andrew yang and I will also put the link, maybe links, because I think it was multiple times that he went on Sam Harris's podcast, which is how I found right. out about him, the long-form conversations. If you really want to get to know this guy, it is long-form is the only way to go. You can't do a 30-second sound clip and and get to know this guy. you gotta you got to sit down at the table with him and listen to him make his case. But, uh, but yeah, Phil, this is... Uh, wonderful again great as as always um happy to be with you and the yang gang and and go on this journey this adventure with you to see where this candidacy goes because i mean from a i'm thinking even 30 part third party perspective i'm like this guy's he's gonna win now but i'm i'm apprehensive about that because in 2016, I was like, there's no way Trump was going to win. So I'm trying not to be the fortune teller. Right. But um, I'm I'm approaching it analytically now. And I, I'm really thinking that there's no way this guy's going to lose. Unless somebody, unless like the DNC fucks up and, and puts their thumb on the scale. I don't see that happening this time. Yeah. Around, but. Right. I don't think they want to lose again. So. Yeah. Yeah. All no, right. But uh, great conversation as always. And uh, we'll look forward to getting you back on next time to talk about some cool nerd shit because there's, <laughs> there's plenty of it. And uh, we're, we are going to be doing uh, debate debate coverage and all that going down the line. So uh, your insight is, is welcome and valued, sir. All right. And you, and you are a great guest. So thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you later, Phil. Another great interview. Wow. Yeah. Phil's awesome. Phil's a cool guy. I like uh I like having him on. I hope he comes back. Oh, absolutely. Many, many more times. Uh but with that, uh that brings us to everyone's favorite. I'm in the Yang Gang because I want $1,000 every month for life. Peace. 
Hi, Mind Wave team. This is Jen in St. Louis from the Yang Gang. Um, I'm really excited for Andrew's platform. As a uh, single parent with a disabled child, it would make it a lot easier for me um, to make ends meet and also be a little bit more full-time parent. Um, right now, it's a struggle um, juggling care and working and making ends meet. Thank you so much for helping get Andrew's message out. Love you guys. Hey, what's up? My name is Emilio, and I'm calling from Minnesota. Um, the reason I'm really excited about Andrew Yang for president is he's the most genuine one running. Um, he's the one talking uh, plans that make the most sense uh, that relate to the issues uh, America's facing today. Um, he's the most sincere, down-to-earth, personable, funny candidate. And I'm really excited about um, all of his views, uh, UBI and otherwise. And I just really feel like he's the most genuine candidate and someone who really cares about every American. I've never been more excited about a candidate before. Um, he, Andrew Yang's the first candidate I've ever donated to uh, his campaign. And um, I can't wait to vote for the primary. Uh, Andrew Yang 2020. Yang Yang, baby. Yo, what's going on? This is Justin from Atlantic City. I'm uh, hooked up with you. The South Jersey Yang Gang down here. So I found out about Andrew Yang. A friend of mine um, just on Facebook was like, hey, check out uh, this Joe Rogan podcast. Um, it made me go from kind of skeptical for universal basic income to starting to believe in it. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. And I listened to it. And then I just went down the rabbit hole for Andrew Yang. But what really like took me from being curious about universal basic income to like, oh my God, this guy has to be elected president, was listening to his Breakfast Club interview. He mentioned his stance on every cop gets a camera, which is uh, directed at police brutality. And that's just a huge, huge issue for me. So I was like, oh yes, yes, there. And then he talked about not just legalizing marijuana, but decriminalizing uh, opioids which would end the drug war. It would just, it would, no other candidate is doing anything close to that. Like nobody wants to end the drug war. What's the other solution to the opioid crisis? There's one, and it's Elizabeth Warren's plan to throw money at it, to study it. So like the other points of view just don't make sense. So like the deeper you get in the yang for why he thinks what he thinks, the more you're like, you know, that's just right. Like, listen to him at South by Southwest talk about why free college is not the right way to go. And then all of a sudden, you'll start looking at Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders as, like, too far to the left. And you'll start to realize, like, hey, these guys are giving too much away. And they're not going to win. They're not going to beat Donald Trump. And we're going to have a couple more years of this if we don't get somebody in that's making sense. So Yang kind of somehow managed to do the impossible, which is promise $1,000 a month to everybody above 18, and still wind up being like a really centered libertarian candidate. He's just the one he is. So I'm huge in favor of it. Thanks for doing this podcast and peace. Hey there, Mindwave. This is 
Payne's Rap by Living Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, man, I'm Yang Gang because he's just got solutions, and that's what I really appreciate. His his solutions are solve a lot of problems for a lot of different uh, types of Amer- Americans, from young to old to those who are educated to those who choose vocational school. He's just got a lot of stuff stuff out there that he's really trying to push, and it's all fits together like a puzzle. Starting with the Freedom Dividend, Medicare for All, his education policies, his LGBT policies, they all fit together to kind of create this overarching uh, system that has all of these solutions that's meant to help all of the people in America, not just the people who pander to the Democratic side or the Republican side. That's what I love about him. Not left, not right, forward. That's Andrew Yang. My name's Annette Anderson, and I am calling from Arabaca, Arizona, and I'm here to tell you why I love Andrew Yang. I love Andrew Yang because he is the most unifying uh, candidate that I have ever experienced. He is attracting all of us from all points on the political spectrum. Uh, he He's not running a campaign of hate. He's running a campaign of love and acceptance and inclusion, and uh, he truly wants what's best for the American people. He doesn't lie. He doesn't have scandals. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't steal. He doesn't call people names. He has a bunch of really great ideas that are all based on uh, data and math. And you can't argue with math. So that's most of the reason why I love Andrew Yang. I just think that he has the he has the solutions for the problems that all of us face every single day. And uh, I think he's the one, man. He's got to be the one. Uh, Yang Gang for life. Woohoo! My name is Michael Tranchi. I'm from Stockton, California. I learned about Andrew Yang in probably the hardest times of my life. Um, it's about a couple months back. I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. I was losing my home. I lost jobs back to back. I did not have a good paying job at all. Um, I was always having fights with my family and friends, and I had a lot of problems. I didn't know why everything was crashing. I learned about Andrew Yang on the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm a big fan, and I was just amazed about what he was saying. It was as if he was talking to me. Everything he said, it was as if it was really talking to me. I felt encouraged about why he was saying these things. Um, it was um, it was a pretty amazing to me, amazing feeling 
to know that, hey, there's a reason for why things are this way, uh, how we as people can, what we can do to change things, and his plan, his vision for the future. Ever since then, I've just been indulged into everything he was he talks about. I'm a proud member of the Yang Gang, and I support it 100%. I appreciate everybody in the Yang Gang, and I really appreciate Andrew Yang. I feel like I'm here today because the inspiration I've gotten from everybody. I feel like Andrew Yang is uh, is someone I'd like to be one day. If there's anybody I'd want to be like, it's this guy. That's our guy. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show this week, and, and thank you to everyone who participated, who... Uh, sat down interview with us or sent in your voicemails this was a a fun a fun challenge any closing thoughts there josh i think it was great i'm like wow the the response we got on those voicemails like wow like it's some really cool people calling like thank you to everybody who has helped us with this episode today everybody that's contributed in one form or another like seriously thank you like we could not do this without you guys no absolutely um yeah i'm i'm very uh i'm moved me too it's an um, exciting time it should go without saying that we we got a lot of this content before the debates so yeah i'm i'm thinking context, we, 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 we'll, yeah. we'll we'll come back around later i think after the next set of debates and do something special yeah you i know. think fred wants to come back on and talk about absolutely talk about oh yeah no most definitely from, i think we should have from him his back perspective on. so uh, thanks again for listening guys and yeah uh, thank you guys so much if, if you like what we're trying to do the the biggest thing that you can do is share it with somebody who you think might also enjoy it um obviously ratings and reviews are are important but if if you like what we're trying to do then we just want to spread the word right now i mean yeah. you know it's not a play for anything we're just really wanting to you know get the message out there get as many people that would possibly be interested in this involved because it's you know it's like a community garden. Everybody contributes. Everybody reaps benefits. It's uh, yeah. it's a really cool project that we've got going, and I'm, I'm pleased with it. I'm really pleased with it. Me too. Yeah, you guys have done so much to help us out with that. Like seriously, thank everybody. Like thank you to everybody that has contributed. You know, this is a big endeavor we're taking on, and you guys have really uh, stepped up to the plate and like you know shown us and you know told us what you think, and it's. That's exactly what we're going for, you know, mm-hmm. opening up the discussion to you guys as our listeners. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so, without further ado, I think we're going to go to our uh, little ending here. Yeah, we might not have an episode next week. It's going to be very, very, very loud in town because it's 4th of July weekend and they're having mm. an event right outside. Um, so, I mean, we might be able to go. Are, are you, are you going to be in town? We'll, we'll see. We'll work it uh, out. We'll figure it out. We'll, I am potentially we'll have something coming ASAP. I'm potentially going to uh, be in Colorado Springs and Denver, either between the 10th and 17th or between the 17th and 24th. Have not decided yet. 
Um, but if there's anybody in that area uh, around Colorado Springs and, uh, you know, probably about as far out as Denver that would like to uh, sit down and talk, I can, uh, you know, maybe get an in-person interview with somebody. I want to kind of expand our reach a little bit and, you know, get some, uh, get some thoughts and views from people. So, you know, if you guys want to contribute anything in person, um, I will potentially be in Denver this month. I will let you guys know in a little mini episode or on our Facebook page as soon as I'm sure. Uh, should be around the 4th or 5th. I should have a uh, set time scheduled for that. So uh, stay tuned for that if anybody's in the Colorado area and wants to uh, link up for an episode or uh, interview. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, check out our Zello channel. This app is it's fucking ridiculous. I love it. Fred introduced this uh, to me because as, as a trucker, I, I don't know if they use CB radio as much anymore. I think this, they have this app and it's way easier. Um, and it's super cool. So obviously go check out the Andrew Yang channel because that's a great group of people. But uh, join ours, and it's just search Mindwave. It'll be the only thing that comes up on Zello app again. That's Z-E-L-L-O. And uh, you can pop in and see what we're doing throughout the day and talk to the other people who are engaging with the show all around the world because uh, apparently that's a thing. We have people all, ar- all around the world already. So yeah, let's, let's connect. Let's reach. talk. And, uh, yeah, with that, we'll see you guys next time. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. I do just want to stress that we're not affiliated with Andrew's campaign in any way. We're all just real people in the world who really believe in this guy and his vision for the future of our country. So thanks again for listening. Our new website is mindwave.media. If you'd like to get in on that voicemail thing, the number is 602-456-2253. We're going to try to do a bunch of these at the end of every episode. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you're not keen on leaving us a voicemail, you can also send us an email at mindwavepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and don't forget to download Zello and search for Mindwave. If you really like the show, don't forget to share it with your friends. Spreading the word is the best way to help us grow. If you can, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It super helps. If you like what we're doing and want to support the show, send us a dollar a month on Patreon. You'll get access to bonus content and the after show. If that's not your style and you still want to support our show, you can send us a one-off donation on PayPal. We really appreciate any support we get. You guys are what's making this show possible. Thank you. Mindwave is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2019.